everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the the Bulletproof Hygiene podcast. We today are talking about something that is very significant and obviously relevant in the world of hygiene. We are talking about schedule design and single versus double book. So thankfully, we have this wealth of knowledge in Sharissa Wood, who is present with us, of course, today. Um, and she is the professional and the, the person who is really, really perfected to some extent, not perfected, we don't like the word perfect, but you've made better and you've developed and you've kind of evolved your own system for double booking. And it works really, really well for you for a lot of reasons. Um, there, there are pros and cons, we think, to you know both uh, models. So we're going to discuss that a little bit in depth today. But I'm really excited to look at how uh, these two models that we run, because I'm a single book and you're a double book, how uh, they can be run very similarly, but how they're obviously different and, you know, what some of the kinks have been in our scheduling and and what are the, some of the challenges have been in designing our schedules to be uh, productive and appropriate. And in order to provide our patients with the very best care by allotting the appropriate amount of time, uh, by developing a relationship with our hygiene assistants and what that relationship look, lo- looks like, uh, what they do and what their role is in our scenarios. So do you want to go ahead and kick it off and talk about your double booking and, and you yeah. know, all things double book? Sure. So I do a double book assisted hygiene. Um, I've been doing that, I think, for the last eight or nine years. Um, so I think I mentioned in one of our earlier podcasts that I, I dipped my toe in corporate dentistry several years ago. Um, you know, you, you always wonder if the grass is greener, right? So I, I kind of left my practice and um, gave it a go, I think maybe nine months. Um, and it just, it wasn't a good fit for me. And I ended up going back to where I started. And, um, but while I was there, I ran a double book assisted hygiene schedule and I had never done that before. So it was really cool because they already had that kind of, um, laid out that template laid out of what that should look like and how that worked. So that was a really cool thing for me to get to experience and learn. And I saw how profitable it was. And I was like, Ooh, this is kind of cool. Can, um, can you, can you tell us, can you tell us, because I, I am familiar with what your schedule looks like now, and I know you're going to look, go into that, but can you yeah. tell us like some of the differences that you saw? Because I know that there's more than one way to do this well and right. Could you, could you tell us about what that was and like, well, if, if those things worked or not really? So what I think the, the big difference to me, obviously you have the capability to see more patients in your day. So your day is going to be more profitable. Mm-hmm but you have someone helping you. So it gives you the ability to really focus on what you're passionate about in hygiene, really connecting with your patient, educating your patient. It gives you more time to do the things that you as a hygienist really love to do. I mean, yes, I know we, we, 
need to take x-rays and we need to check blood pressure and we need to drop our note template and all those things. But those aren't things that I'm like super excited about. Um, so it's really awesome when you have a rock star assistant that can do all of those things for you and communicate effectively with the patient so that you're really getting to focus in on what you love and are great at as a hygienist. Yeah. So it really brought a lot of freedom, brings a lot of freedom for me to practice the way I want to practice. And I don't feel as, as slum, you know, smushed into a single book schedule where, you know, I've only got this amount of time and I've got to get to that next patient. So I, you know, that can feel limiting a lot of times. Um, and I know there's some really great, I know you're going to talk about how you have some really great steps to how to make a single book super effective and flow really effectively. Mm -hmm. But the, the double book gives me the opportunity where I might be in the middle of an appointment and know that just based off my assessment that I'm going to need to do some limited scaling and root planing. And I know I have the time to do that because I know my, that my assistant's going to see the next patient. They're due for x-rays. She can have the doctor step in and do the exam before I even come in. Like it, it just gives you a lot of leeway for what you can do within. Yeah, your so, so it's, so it's essentially, she's helping you with the beginning and end of each you're, yes. you're like sandwiching each appointment. So yes. she's starting and ending and you're doing right. essentially like the meat and potatoes of hygiene. Like you're doing the educating and right. the, the assessment and, yes. the, um, and the hygiene services, obviously. Yes. So but you're able to sandwich that patient. And I think, so having two columns enables you to run a little bit late or have a little more wiggle room and a little more time with each yes. patient. Right. Which is, you know, like gravy on a hygiene schedule, right? Yeah. So what my day typically looks like, I see on a full day, I'll see 10 patients. Obviously I work out of two separate operatories. Um, and so I'll see 10 patients a day. Eight of those are typically our appointments. So that's going to be your profi. That's going to be your perio maintenance. That might be a, a limited quadrant or two of SRP or NSPT. Um, and then I have two blocks that are two hours long, and that will either be a new patient. We see new patients uh, and hygiene coming through our practice. Um, it could be, you know, SRP, uh, it could be in-office whitening. So I don't necessarily have those blocked off for specifics other than that. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that if I get all 10 of those filled up, it's going to be a super productive day. Um, she will seat the patient, you know, with all of our protocols now, COVID protocols, she goes out and gets them from their car, takes their temperature, brings them in, um, has them pre-rinse with the peroxide. Um, she'll take their blood pressure. She'll go ahead and drop their note, confirm any medical dental changes, drop those in the note. Um, you know, talk to them about any chief complaints or concerns that they might have. If they are due for x-rays, she'll go ahead and get those taken care of. Um, you know, sometimes she'll go ahead and take some intraoral photos if there's a need for that. So she goes ahead and does all of that prep work. Um, and then I come in and we do our assessment together. So I'm perio charting. She's recording that. Um, I'm doing the oral cancer screening. She's making note of any findings I see. I'm looking around the mouth at home care and what that looks like. And I'm calling that out. So she's filling in the note as I'm doing all of my assessment, which is awesome. Cause we know notes can be a bear. Can, can I ask you a question ah. about, uh, so the beginning, <clears throat> I know that, so in, in any handoff or any, um, excuse me, there's a bug trying to fly out my nose here. Um, and any time that information is relayed to one provider and it needs to get to another provider. I know that it's really frustrating from a patient standpoint to be asked the same questions over and over and over again. Right. right? So, so, so 
really important that your hygiene assistant is kick-ass and is asking quality questions that you have a truly trusting relationship with him or her, because that is what's going to predicate, you know, how you move forward in the appointment. So you don't want to walk in, you know, after she's already gathered all that information and say, Hey, what's, what's your medical changes? Like, Hey, like, I can like go through the whole thing again. Cause that's defeating. So how does that work with you guys? Or how does that handoff happen? We we practice something called the trust transfer Mm -hmm. and that's basically, so nobody wants in life, nobody wants to feel like people are talking about them right behind their back. Cause that's no fun. So we feel that same way in our, in our practice in our office physically as well. So instead of her like meeting me out in the hall and telling me, well, this, this, and this are going on. Um, she will, I'll step into the room. And of course, you know, my main focus is to say hi to the patient and welcome them. How are you? What's going on? And then I'll say, Brie, tell me any, any issues or concerns that you guys have discussed for the day. And that way she can say it again over the patient. So that, and then that way the patient has a chance to hop in and add anything. Or so we use that trust transfer method so that the patient really feels like they're part of the whole process. And we're not, they're not just a number and we're talking about it behind their back. And so, and so, yeah. And, and I think that's a great system. And I think that does a couple of things. So when you're working with an assistant and the assistant is like present in that, uh, interaction with their, with the patient as much as you are, or sometimes probably maybe possibly more than you are in some instances. Right. Um, it's really important that they have great rapport with your assistant. It sounds like, right. So that gives them an opportunity, gives the assistant an opportunity to say, I was really listening to you. Like I was really listening to you, Mrs. Jones. I heard what you said, and I'm about to prove it by telling Sharissa exactly what you told me. So it gives, like you said, the patient an opportunity to dive in and elaborate on, on things, but I'm sure it gives you the opportunity too to ask Brie more questions or ask the patient more questions. Like, oh, Brie said, oh, Brie just told me, you know, you had a change in medications. You started taking a high a cholesterol medication. Tell me about right. that. You know, what, right. what, what predicated that or brought that on? Right. Are there any other changes, surgeries, blah, blah, blah. And you can dive in from there. Right. Without, without having to repeat all the questions. Right. Exactly. And, and again, this is all a time saving, beautiful thing. So if I had to come in and repeat all that, that's pretty pointless. So yeah, yeah we do the trust transfer for that. Um, also, as I'm looking around, if I see anything, <clears throat> excuse me, if I see anything visually that I'm concerned about, um, you know, a cracked amalgam or a leaking composite or anything, you know, that I see that I'm concerned about, I have that person and I'll say, Hey, Brie, we grab the camera real quick. And she'll help me take a photo and she'll go ahead and load that while I'm doing, you know, the cleaning or the perio maintenance or whatever I'm doing. So that by the time I'm done, she's got it up on the TV screen in front of us. So then I will kind of start my therapy or my profi or whatever needs to be happening that day. Um, and at that point, it, my next patient is typically here. So she'll leave the room. She'll go seat that next patient, do all of those things for that patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll kind of swap. So I'll go into that next room and she'll introduce me to them. Like in the hallway, I'll kind of let her know, Hey, these are my concerns for the doctor. And then we'll go in and she'll introduce me to that next patient and and update me on anything, anything there. And then she'll go back with the doctor and do the exam. And we'll do that same trust transfer with the doctor. You know, Mm -hmm. she'll say, Hey, Sharissa saw this patient. This is what the patient's chief complaints were. This is what Sharissa saw today. We've got the photo up on the screen. Um, and, and I'll talk to that patient about what's on the screen before I leave the room too, because there is a lot of science behind patients hearing things repetitively and really getting it and understanding it and, and helping them be able to own that issue. Mm -hmm. So they have already seen that. They've already heard that once now Bree's kind of saying it again over them to the doctor. And now the doctor has the opportunity to look and then talk about it as well. And then the doctor will make obviously the recommendations for treatment and she'll go ahead and put that treatment plan together. 
Um, she'll reschedule that patient for their next hygiene visit, as well as any restorative needs. Now, we also do employ a treatment coordinator at our office. So if we've got something that's a lot, you know, maybe they've got a lot going on or it's going to be a surgical procedure and then we need pre-ops and, and consent and all of that, then we do hand those off to our treatment coordinator. Well, she'll go ahead and put the plan together. She'll take it down to her and say, hey, these are the needs. Um, I'm going to bring this patient to you in a few minutes and then she'll take them after down the hall and trust transfer to our treatment coordinator and then and they'll go from there. And then she'll come back and help me, you know, with my assessment with that next patient. So it's, it's this beautiful like dance, honestly, yep. Yep. Of, of the back and forth between keeping all those patients, you know, on time and moving forward and getting the correct assessments and treatment plans and, and getting rescheduled throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dove, dovetailing everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a, you know, it's a dance and, you know, if anyone has been out dancing, you see, sometimes it gets a little wonky and people might be <laughs> off beat and maybe people don't always have the rhythm. And that's true in our day too. It is not perfect. Yeah. Um, some days flow perfectly and it's amazing. And then most days, like there's going to be some hiccups and patients are going to run late or, you know, the doctor's going to talk longer or, you know, whatever. But again, with it being that double book, we, we also have a couple of operatories that aren't in use. So sometimes we hop into a third operatory mm -hmm. and we have an overflow assistant that might hop in and help us. So, um, you know, we, it's, it takes a team, obviously we know that anywhere, regardless of whether you're running single or double book. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. You know, when you think about it from a practice mindset, from a profitability standpoint, it, it has, it makes so much sense to me because you could either pay two hygienists and you know what that salary looks like versus a hygienist and an assistant who obviously is not, you know, getting the same pay rate as what a hygienist is. Um, most of our hygiene assistants are, you know, come in kind of fresh and new to dental. So there's a lot of training that happens there. Um, so it's not as expensive as hiring a second hygienist, but your profitability levels are pretty significant above that. So it, yeah. it makes a lot of business sense, I think. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, to me, when Ash and I uh, came up and visited you in 2018, that was like, we had never seen a double book and how it was run, you know, so it was really helpful and insightful for you to give us kind of like how your flow goes and where your blocks are and like what they, you know, then if you're considering double book, um, I think uh, it'd be really great to have a conversation about it and a chat about it on um, our mighty network. Yes. Yes. Um, about it because we can really, Teresa can really elaborate and kind of answer any questions that you have. And I can, I can elaborate and answer any questions you have about how I run my single book. Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients, and our profession. For more information on our 2021 live summit, Bulletproof Hygiene Book and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. I work in uh, at Spodak Dental Group. Uh, it's a multi-specialty practice. We've got everyone under one roof. It's a 13,000 square foot uh, lead gold facility. So it's um, leader in energy efficiency, environmental friendly, something. I don't know. Dr. Craig's going to be mad at me for not knowing what that acronym stands for, but um, it is an amazing facility. And because we've got everyone under one roof, we've got, you know, the specialists there too. So we've got the oral surgeon and the endodontist, the periodontist. Uh, we've got people who do full mouth rehabs and comprehensive, you know, 
dentistry and then general dentists and uh, obviously hygiene, which is our own specialty. So uh, I run a double, or I'm sorry, I run a single book and I've kind of developed and evolved this so that it's become really intentionally designed. Uh, it's, it's really working for the patients. It's really working for the practice. It is, it has been highly productive for me uh, in the last few years since I've, I've done some intentional work here. So what my single book looks like is our, our office opens officially uh, to patients at 9 a.m. And we close officially to patients at 5 p.m. Now, I, I have the freedom and autonomy to book outside of uh, normal hours if I want to accommodate a patient as long as a doctor's there and it falls within, obviously, my scope of practice. So if something is a uh, uh, general supervision, I can do it you know, after hours. If something's, um, uh, oh my God, what's the other? In, indirect supervision, you know, I can do it after hours. I just need them to you know, authorize the treatment and whatever, and then I can move forward. So as long as those uh, necessities are in place, I can kind of be really flexible with my schedule. And that's one thing that has really helped me. So when I was initially hired, I was hired to work Monday through Thursday um, and run a single book schedule. I, what I started realizing was that, you know, all of the high production procedures, it, it, they were scheduling out really far because there wasn't space because of, of recares is a great problem to have, of course, being booked up for for uh, actually it's like two to three months now the, the recares are out that far, um, which, you know, it's, it's amazing to have that issue, but it's also a challenge because then uh, patients who need treatment, who need that non-surgical periotherapy, who want whitening before their wedding, um, who wants uh, uh, to be accommodated, you know, sooner a fee-for-service patient who's reestablishing with a practice, a fee-for-service new patient there, you know, we have to have space for those things. And, you know, research has shown the longer people wait for, uh, treatment, the the more likely they are to cancel or forget the value of that treatment, forget or, or why, go somewhere else that they can go somewhere it. else and get it yeah. done. Yeah, because of I think you know availability and time and and all that stuff is a huge factor. It is for me when I'm scheduling with my my doctors and my providers. You know, so I decided uh, for a period of time, especially in 2019 and early in 2020, before we shut down. Uh, to start doing what I call a flex day. So I work Monday through Thursday, and I as much as possible honor my nine to five. I work very closely with an admin partner. My admin partner's name is Fran. And Fran and I talk all the time about what my expectations are for my schedule, how to book according to my uh, production and collection goals, how to accommodate patients best. You know, I tell her like, Hey, come ask me, come pick my brain. If, if a patient wants to be accommodated, they want to get in sooner. They're, you know, they're a great patient. I've been seeing them for a long time or they're, or they're whatever, just come ask me, you know, if you can put them in a lunch hour, if you can book them early, if you can book them late, if we can make it happen somehow, you know? Um, so a lot of times we'll have a conversation, we'll have a dialogue and I'll, I'll stay late, but a lot of times, you know, I'll say, no, I have other obligations or I want a lunch that day, or I want, you know, whatever. And, and no matter what, you know, if I book someone in my lunch hour, I, I find time to eat. I make sure I drink water. You know, I take care of myself kind of thing. I don't want to burn out. I think that's really important to say, you know, we don't want to burn out trying to accommodate and be highly productive and all that stuff. We've got to find the, um, the balance. And, and that's also a dance in the, in the day-to-day is finding the, the balance of like, all right, I'm good. I, I, I ate, I'm healthy. I'm getting adequate sleep and I'm going to go to the gym after work. And I feel energized to do that. And also running a productive and effective schedule for people patients, the practice, and for me. So uh, Monday through Thursday, my day usually looks like uh, I have three patients in the morning, lunch hour at 12, four patients in the afternoon. If it's a complete recare day, I try and have at least one high production block per day. And I, and I like to schedule those 
either at 10.30 or 11, so that's right before my quote unquote lunch. That way, if, if a person needs same day treatment or takes a little bit longer than that hour, so I like to, to book new patients there, I like to book scalings there, I like to, I like to book things that, that are a little less predictable and aren't just recares because that gives me the flexibility to go over if I have to or want to, or if the, or if the patient really wants things done same day. So that's a little hack, um, you know, just thinking strategically about, okay, how can I, what's my most flexible hour in the day? It's at 11 o'clock hour and the 4 p.m. hour, because again, like if it's someone that I know or I've been seeing a long time, I want to make them happy and accommodate them and do what they need to do and what they want, you know? So if I think that there's kind of an appointment that may develop into something more, cause we've discussed it at prior visits, like a potential whitening or something, I'll book them at, at those hours. So that's a little hack, even if you just have a, uh, a recare slot there. So that's one thing that I do. Um, the other thing is, like I said, I try and have an intentional block. So an actual block either at that 1030 hour or the 330 or 4 PM hour for high production things. And then honor that, you know, and then anyone who is booked in those slots uh, usually provides a 20% deposit on their appointment and it is a non-refundable deposit 48 hour cancellation fee is honored uh, I want them to understand that listen I my time is valuable I am totally honoring your time I will be there on time for you I, I made this time I set this time aside especially for you you know right and it's important so, to show up. So you have that conversation with them yourself yes okay yes typically I do uh, even if I'm not the one doing the scheduling. And a lot of times, you know, because I'm a single book, I don't have the luxury of having a hygiene assistant who is just devoted to me. In, in our office, we do have a hygiene assistant, but she assists all the hygienists at one time. So it's not like I have someone who's just working with me in right. my schedule. Right. I have someone who uh, helps us to make trays, helps us to uh, hand patients off to a treatment plan coordinator, helps us to, if I'm doing sealants, helps me to you know, uh, isolate and keep things dry. You know, I have an extra hand if I need it, but I also have to keep in mind that I share this person with right. five to seven other providers on any given day. Well, and the reason I, obviously I knew the answer to that question before mm -hmm. I asked, but I want our listeners to understand that I think there's so much value when we, as the provider, you know, they trust us. They, they enjoy coming to see us. They have a relationship with us. And so I think there's nothing wrong there. There, it almost builds value and expectation when we, as the provider say, Hey, it's really important that you, you come see me and you're on time and you, you know, you don't cancel my schedule stays pretty full and I want to take the yeah. best care of you possible. So it's really important that if you're not going to be able to make it to that appointment, you give us at least two business days notice. And that way you don't incur a cancellation fee. Right. And I think there's so much value when they hear that coming from us personally, it, it, it creates that accountability. Yep. And, and what that looks like for me, generally what I say is, Hey, let's go ahead and reserve your next appointment so that you can get the day and time that works best for you. Right. And if, you know, if there's a barrier, like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be in town. I let them know this is a tentative appointment. We're going to let you know about two weeks in advance when this appointment is approaching. If you notice any scheduling conflicts as the day gets closer, let us know at least 48 hours in advance. And, and there won't be an issue with that. We can get you rescheduled and we can work it out for you. Right. Um, we just, you know, if, if you cancel within that 48 hours, there's a cancellation fee, but that's easily avoidable because we give you plenty of notice. So right. please just let me know. However, it's, it's easiest to say, that tentative appointment now, because I want to make sure that you really get the time and the, and the day that you want and works best for you. And right. usually they're like, Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. You know, cause you've just communicated everything. You've just communicated. Right. I want to honor you. I want you to honor me. You'll have plenty of time if we have to make a change. And also this is the, these are the rules. This is the way that you can be successful. And I can be successful just by honoring that 48 hour window. Yeah. So then they know, then they're fully informed. Um, but, and also, you know, on that, I think it's okay for us. If we are accommodating a patient, if I'm ever coming in on a day, quote unquote, that I'm off, or I'm not scheduled to work, which I sometimes do on Fridays and I'm about to 
dive into this, it's important, I think, to tell the patient that it's, it's okay. You don't have to like, I'm coming in early for you. Like I, you no, should but I think about it. It builds value. I think yes. it creates that special, like, Hey, this is my day off, but I'm going to come in and take really great care of you. Mm-hmm. And, and it creates that accountability too. Like, Oh my gosh, this is Brittany's day off. I'm going to come in. Right now, now I want to speak to this too, because I think probably a lot of listeners are like, well, I don't really have that capability. You know, like I would say for us in my practice, we are open Tuesday through Friday. So yes, I, I see patients four days a week, but I don't have the capability to come in on a Monday because I don't have a doctor there. Got it. So I, I'm just, I want to, I want to kind of play devil devil's advocate for our listeners who are like, well, I don't really have that capability. So how can I make things work for me? And I would say that's when those blocks, appointment blocks in the future are super, super important and need to be really understood by those that are scheduling appointments and respected by them because there's, you know, we, in order to be really productive and be effective with our schedule, we've got to have those pre-blocks in place for what those patients need coming, coming in the future. And we've got to respect them. We've got to honor them and make that the standard because I think sometimes it's like, Oh God, we've got to get a recare in. They really want that four o'clock, but she's got a high production block there. And like, um, we have to honor them. You know, we have to accommodate and find a way to make it work, but we've got to honor the, our own blocks and parameters because there's a reason why they exist. Right. Um, so Monday through Thursday, that's what my schedule looks like. And I was able to, like Sharisa mentioned, our practice is open, uh, five days a week. We used to be six days. We closed our Saturdays recently. We're just open for emergencies now on Saturdays. Um, but, on, on Fridays, I had the luxury of having doctors there and having an open practice. And I think that if you do have that luxury, it may be worth uh, investigating and maybe worth the discussion uh, to see if that's something that will work for you or maybe won't, you know, if it'll work best for your patients and for your doc and everyone involved. Um, but I was, I was able to come in on, on Fridays and I call it my quote unquote flex day. And the flex day started as kind of an experiment you know, because I, I found myself, I wasn't honoring my own blocks a few years ago. And I found myself running out of surprise, ran out of high production blocks, and then I couldn't accommodate anyone for months. Um, so that's not, that's not, not great because people lose the value. They lose the importance. And like Sharisa mentioned, they will go somewhere else when it comes down to it. So we don't want that. Uh, so I started opening my Fridays and I would put intentional blocks there. Like this is an NSPT block. This is a whitening block. This is a new patient fee for service block. Uh, and I, only honor those things on Fridays. I am in at whatever time I want. So that means our practice actually opens at eight and we close at four on Fridays. So the hours are, are different on Fridays, but I don't usually come in at eight. Usually I come in at about 10 because I sleep in. Nice. I know. I know. Yes. I'm a human. I like to Self-care sleep. Self-care is important. We just it is important. So usually I, I sleep in on Fridays. And if I start my day on Friday, it's usually about 10, 11. Um, and then I go to whatever time, whenever I'm finished. So sometimes that means I go till four and sometimes I don't, sometimes I'm finished sooner than that. But what it'll look like is just back to back. I'll do a full mouth scaling and a perio protect, and then I'll do a whitening and then I'll do a two quads here. And then I'll do, I'll see a fee for service new patient and do same day treatment because I booked them last in my day and I could run late, you know? So it's intentionally designed. Um, I, my admin partner and I partner together and she knows what I want on those days. So she'll come to me and ask me and say, Hey, I'll get a deposit from this person. Are you okay with seeing so-and-so for, for this procedure on that day? I say yes or no. Um, and that gives me a, a lot of flexibility. And it's interesting because I can completely 
not book that day. I can be completely off on my flex day, or I can completely solidly book myself, or I can be in for a half day at whatever time that I want. It is 0% regulated. Right. So that's what's, what's empowering for me about it. It's like, it's my own rules. I'm, I'm making the rules here and I want to accommodate my patients and I get to choose when I want to be in and out. If I have doctor's appointments, I can go to those, you know, I can, I can have that flexibility, but it's interesting because I worked probably, you know, half of my flex days, uh, in 2019. And if we looked at my productivity per day, probably that was by far, even considering all the days that I took quote unquote off, you know, the Fridays that I, that I didn't work, it was probably my most productive day of the week because it was, it was always booked for over 2000. And and some of the days have been as high as five, you know, 5,500 and and whatever, because it's all those procedures that are kind of like from were diagnosed or co-diagnosed by me and the doc this week. And we wanted to get those patients in soon to get the treatment because the treatment is one important. And two, we just relayed the value. It's fresh in their mind. And three people follow their money and they're willing to pay for something that they're going to get like tomorrow, you know? So, so for all those reasons, the flex day uh, is very, very beneficial. And I'm going to throw this out there. Sorry. I have two thoughts. thoughts. So like I said, not everybody has the, the ability or flexibility to have a flex day, but just kind of in thinking like, what if, you know, what if you're, this resonates and you're like, Hmm, that's actually really interesting, but I just don't have that capability. What if you started like, say your practice is Monday through Thursday. Like what if you started making your Thursdays your flex days where you don't schedule recares, you just schedule those things that are high production that, that are going to take more time and more focus. So that's just something to throw out there if you're kind of listening. Cause I think sometimes people hear things and they're like, Oh, that wouldn't work. And then they just completely sh- shut down. Yeah. But what if, you know, that might be a way to think about it. The other point I want to make is, um, gosh, having a friend sounds fantastic. Um, and I've never actually before you, I've never heard of hygienists having kind of their own admin person. Now, is she only scheduling things for you or does she schedule for other people as well? She schedules for one other hygienist. Okay. Uh, and I think she schedules for one of the docs as well. She's okay. got a few people that she okay. manages, but, but well, keep in mind that our practice is huge. Yes, yes, yes. People. No, I get it. Yeah. 40 people. So, so she is my provider. She's the the provider for a couple of other people. And then she also does things like confirmations in general and scheduling and dental Intel. So it's yeah. What I wanted to say about that is because we all technically do have our own Fran and that we do have somebody that's sitting up at the business, you know, at the front desk that is answering the phone and scheduling appointments. And my point here is I think it's really important for those for anyone who's scheduling appointments to really understand what you as a hygienist need your schedule to look like from a profitability standpoint, from a patient flow standpoint, from a mental health self-care standpoint, you know, to, because I think what happens is a lot of times we, we look at the schedule and we're like, oh, there's an opening, you know, I got to fill that. And, and, and just with whatever, whatever I, you know, whoever calls, I'll put them in there and, and to really have a profitable hygiene department, it has to be intentional. You can't just, you know, throw recares in there all day long and, and get where you need to be. So it's really having that communication and that open line of communication. And you've done that with Fran. You said, Hey, come to me. If we've got somebody who needs something, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important that we do that with our admin teams, so that everybody's on the same page with knowing, hey, like this is our daily goal and I can't hit that if we just have recare, recare, recare. So you're going to see that I have blocks. I re- it's really important that we respect these and utilize these properly to get us where we need to be as a practice. And I just, I just wanted to make that point because again, I don't want people to think, well, I don't have my own admin person, so I can't do this. But right. we- 
you all have our own admin people that are working with us. So it's just important if, if we're not all on the same page, if we don't know what that goal looks like, if we don't know how to achieve that, that that be a conversation and a game plan that we create together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I agree, you know, not everyone has their own Fran. Um, like I said, the reason that uh, we have specific admin partners is because our office is so large that it becomes the thing that if there's not a point person, then like every, it's everyone's job and no one's job at the same time, you know, like everyone's responsible. So who did that? And who did that? And who's doing this? And it just becomes like a mess of communication because so many hands are involved. Excuse me. Um, but Fran, you know, we each have our point people and Fran is, uh, is amazing. She, like I said, I think, I know that she manages one other hygienist schedule in full. And I think a doc as well, one of our docs. Um, but she also is responsible for, you know, running dental Intel and, you know, calling people to get them back on the schedule and, uh, doing confirmations and recares and scheduling in general. So she doesn't just schedule for us. She's also on the phone all day. You know, she's, she's doing all the necessities having to do with patient communication outside of the office and transferring records and all this stuff. So, so she's very busy and devotes a lot of time to my schedule, but she's also got a lot else on her plate. So if you think about it, that actually sounds like, uh, an admin person, an admin team member in general, you know, it's just in a large office. It's like, we've got to have that point person. I just have to give a shout out Fran. If you're listening, you are awesome. And we love you. <laughs> we, do lo- we do love you, Fran. And by the way, it's uh, this is one of those, um, uh, controversial topics, I think, but Fran and I are friends too outside of work. It's bizarre, bizarre. It's like, we like each other or something like, I I think it's important to have, um, to have professional boundaries and know like what is appropriate and not with your coworkers. Um, but Fran, uh, Fran and I are, are friendly and we, we do, we go out to dinner and usually I get dinner and just say, Hey, you know, I do want to catch up with you. Like on a human level. I also want to talk about work in this aspect, just pre-frame, you know, and then it's kind of like, Hey, thanks Fran. Here's my gift to you. Let's, I want to take you out for dinner or something, you know? Um, and, and Fran is obviously paid by this, but I don't group, but I like to, to, uh, help her out and, and thank her and make sure that she knows that she's appreciated too. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so she helps me big time with that. And uh, does know how to schedule according to my production. And she and I have uh, meetings, you know, to, to catch up on where we are. So the meetings and the, the communication are really important because, you know, she knows what my goals are for the year. She knows what I need to do for the month, for the week, for the day. And so she actually is very aware of those things. And she comes to me and says, hey, you're, you know, you're below, like you need to do this or, hey, you're doing really great this month, like great job, you know, and she, she really keeps on top of that and excites her too, it gets her excited when I meet my goals because she knows she's a huge part of that. Right. Yeah. So, um, let me think. Okay. So we just went in the flow and what the, that day looks like the high production day. Um, and I just want to say, you know, since I've made some of these changes and, you know, really perfected some of the things we've talked about in other podcasts, like verbiage, uh, you know, making sure we're honoring our cancellation policy, having note templates and doing day prep and, you know, being prepared and being intentional about our days, my, uh, production in one year, uh, increased by over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, so that's pretty insane. Yeah. Pretty insane if you think about it. So just getting intentional and kind of looking at these things, being strategic and, and putting, putting time into it after hours to make this flow smoothly and to honor our our blocks and ourselves has, has worked out really well. Nice. Yeah. And patients are really happy too, by the way, like, like what Teresa was saying, when I say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm usually off on Fridays. I'm going to open up my Friday for you. I'm, I'm reserving two hours for this appointment so that I can make sure to do a really good job. I'm really detailed and thorough. So, so this is what we're going to do in that amount of time, you know, and I let them know it's, it's a special accommodation. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before too, but I think it's just an important point to drive home that 
You know, I think honesty and, and being genuine and being authentic with patients, you know, patients can, can read you. They, you know, just you're, we're, we're reading patients and they're reading us. I think just being really authentic is important. And so one thing that we can kind of get a crunch on especially in a single book, because I practice that for many, many years. And I sometimes even feel it in a, you know, in a double book is, you know, I'll spend all the time doing all the assessment and and getting, you know, all the information and seeing that the patient needs more than what I can do with the time I have left in the appointment. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm just really honest with that with them and say, Hey, you know, we just spent all this time really looking at things and, and determining where we need to go. But with the appointment time I have left today, I don't have enough time to really do the best job for you. Um, so, so why don't we, would you be comfortable if I bring you back? I know that's not the most convenient thing, but I really want to give you the best care and be able to give you all the time that you need to do this for you. Um, you know, would you be comfortable with me doing that? And, and I don't think I've had anybody ever say, no, that's not going to work for me because the alternative is they know that if I do it today, they're probably not getting the best job because I'm going to have to rush through it. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, sometimes we feel that crunch internally and I'm definitely one of those, like I, I jokingly say that, you know, one day I'm going to have a stroke and nobody should be surprised because externally I can be, I can look like everything is so good out here, but internally I'm like, my next patient's here and I have that, you know, and like I'm, I'm playing the game in my head where I'm moving all the chess pieces. And, you know, sometimes that can feel really stressful. And I've learned that I need to just take a breath and take a step back and go, I don't have to make this all happen today. It's going to be okay. I'm actually going to bring more value to the patient if I can reschedule that. Right. So I right. think that those future blocks are important to have that opportunity to, to make those things happen and, and to I want to touch grace and the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. Um, I think it's important. Um, oh my goodness. What was I just going to say? Oh, it can, it can be scary. I think to have openings on the schedule too. So I think, you know, it's a little bit of the fear aspect when people are like, Oh, I've, Oh no, there's an opening. I've got to, I've got to book it with whatever. I've just got to plug the hole kind of thing. Um, but that's not being intentional. And anytime we're doing anything because of fear, it's usually not the best long-term right. situation, you know? Right. Um, so the most important days in dentistry are today and tomorrow, right? So if we have right. a hole today, there's a couple of resources we can use to plug that hole, right? Or, right? or to accommodate as many patients as possible, to be highly productive, to stay on schedule, to stay you know, on schedule with our goals and that sort of thing. So it's important to consider in both of our situations, the low hanging fruit, Right. right. So when we have a, a cancellation same day, some of the ways that we can fix that or, you know, get someone on our schedule is look at the restorative schedule and say, right. oh, is anyone due for hygiene? Do they, do they want to stay, you know, offer it to them on the front end and prepare if they do want to stay. And then you can accommodate them same day. They're happy. You're happy. The practice is happy. That's one, one way to do that. But also um, I think that other than today and tomorrow, those blocks need to be honored up until that point in time. You know, it, it really does. And, and I think sometimes you look at the schedule next week and you're like, oh crap, there's four openings. Like there's four blocks next, you know, and there's nothing booked there. It'll get booked. And trust me, like in a lot of cases too, in some cases, it's better to have like one day that's not filled, but be honoring your own blocks because the other three days that do get filled are training everyone to honor those blocks and they're going to be way more highly productive than you putting recares and all those. those right. holes. So I'm just, you know, and I think there's, when you mentioned too, okay, adding a flex day, like let's say you work four days a week, your office is only open four days a week. And then you make your fourth 
day, the flex day, that's going to look really scary at first because right. it's going to be empty. So I just want to put that out there on the front end. Like, it's going to look like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, we're not going to, this is going to, this is going to be a shit show. Like, it's not going to work. We're, we're not going to be productive. We're not going to get anything done, but, but you are just give it time, you know, honor the blocks, train everyone about the system. There, there will probably be this awkward period of time when it isn't completely booked or isn't completely full, but then I promise you, you'll start seeing if we're assessing and we're educating and we're getting patients to yes, you're going to start seeing that book. And if you get their commitment, their time and their money commitment, they're going to show up and that's going to be a great day where you get to do work to the full extent of your licensure, do what you love to do in hygiene, all, all the interesting things that come with NSPT and education and uh, the deep dive. Um, but also you get to accommodate patients. They're happy about it. And your practice is going to be more lucrative as well. Right. And I want to, there's two points I wanted to make, um, hopefully, and if not, this is a, a great thing to think about. Hopefully your practice, um, has a sooner if possible list, you know, that your admin people can work from, um, especially if all your blocks are full and you, and you are scheduling a couple months out, have that, you know, when you schedule that patient say, you know, I know this isn't ideal for you. I, I'd love to get you in sooner. Can I call you if we have an opening come available? So that's a great way to kind of plug those holes that we talked about. Yep. The other thing is, I'm just going to be really honest and vulnerable. Sometimes as a hygienist, I kind of welcome seeing an opening every now and then, because mm -hmm. that helps me take a breath and catch up and recenter myself. You know, I, we've got a lot of balls that we're juggling throughout the day. Sometimes I use that time to send out, you know, my perioprotect lab cases, or we do salivary testing. So I've got to you know, send the patient their results and call in their prescription. Sometimes it's restocking things. Sometimes it's ordering hygiene products that we're low on. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just catching up on notes or sending referrals, you know, x-rays and all that to, to other, other specialists. So, you know, downtime, you know, seeing that empty block doesn't mean, sometimes it means maybe $0 now, but it still can be a productive, helpful thing for future productivity and just the health of the practice. And you as a provider, you know, sometimes we just yeah. need that breath. So, and, and sometimes that's an opportunity. Like in my practice, I practice with um, seven other hygienists. So uh, on most days, there's about five others besides me. Usually there's about six of us there okay. at any given time. So sometimes I can jump in and be their hygiene assistant and they can get a high production procedure done. Yes. That day. They can do the same day NSPT or, or the whitening because I'm there assisting them. I have the open time, like why not? And, and it's yeah. reciprocated. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think lots of cool options, um, whether you are single booking or double booking. And obviously, Brittany and I are here to help you kind of figure out your flow and options and opportunities that might be there that maybe you haven't explored yet. So visit us on our Mighty Networks app. We are Bulletproof Hygiene to ask questions or start conversations. And then look forward. We are actually going to be out live in person. We have a summit, a Bulletproof Summit coming up out in Austin, Texas in July 9th and 10th. Um, and it's going to be a real life um, summit. So come talk to us. Let's, let's brainstorm together. Let's think it through. And um, yeah, we want to answer any questions you have and make that connection. Yep. You can go to bulletproofsummit.com if you want to get connected or register there, get more information about that. Uh, early bird tickets already sold out. There are a lot of people already committed early in the game. We do have limited um, space just because of COVID restrictions. And obviously we have to respect the size of the ballroom in order to give everyone their space in their room. Um, so make sure that you don't miss out on that. Register early if you can. Invite your whole team. Uh, this year, we're actually going to have the docs, the hygienists, and a team breakout, which is really exciting. This is the first time we're doing teams. 
Um, so you guys get to look forward to that. Uh, but we, we really hope to see you there. Hope to connect with you in person and, uh, and meet you face to face. Thanks for joining us for another episode. We can't wait to, to chat with you and uh, we'll see you soon. Have a great week. Practice profitably and ethically and have a great week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.